0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Touche the podcast. My name is David, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host Tally.
1: Hi, David. Ah! <laughs>
0: As always, welcome back to another episode. Be sure to check us out everywhere that we have streaming. Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify.
1: Make sure you're following us on all social media channels. Instagram, TikTok, X. We also have a YouTube channel.
0: Oh my God, please follow us on TikTok. I've been grinding.
1: Send us an email at podcast at gmail.com. Rate us five stars if you feel so inclined.
0: Let's get into it, baby.
1: Let's get into it.
0: You were in... Your first favorite city in the world. Remember when you were going to Austin like every other weekend?
1: I do remember that. I think last year I went like four times in the first half of the year.
0: Yeah, and you were just there this past weekend, right?
1: I was. I was. I was there for my little brother's birthday, Ray Money. Happy birthday to you.
0: Happy birthday, Ray Money.
1: The big two seven. He lives there with his girlfriend, Adeline, and their two dogs, Copper and Millie. Oh, that's cute. So cute. Copper is a purebred bloodhound.
0: Oh. So he
1: is like, The epitome of when you think of, like, a dog. He is a dog.
0: D-A-W-G. Dog. Exactly. Exactly.
1: But we had a blast. My parents and I drove down on Friday, and we actually stayed downtown, which is really fun. I typically stay with Raymond and Adeline, but... This time, I was like, let's make a little, like, vacay out of it. For sure. We did, like, a little birthday dinner for him the first night, and we ended up going to this place called Driftwood Club, which I've talked about on the pod
0: before. Yes, throwback.
1: Throwback. I think I talked about it maybe, like, last June or something, but it's, like, a private social club in Austin. A really great place for you to, like, meet people. They have pool table, darts. They have, like, a full-on candy bar with soft-serve ice cream, like, a I whole love sundae. soft-serve ice cream. Me, too. Rooftop um bar rooftop patio. It was so much fun. And the next day we went and bopped around Austin.
0: That's so cute. Did you guys have good weather?
1: Yes, the weather was actually really nice. It's been super overcast lately.
0: Yeah, we didn't see the sun for like eight days.
1: No, I know. Does it have a major effect on your mood?
0: Yeah, I was like in such a bad mood and then on Sunday it was so nice and I was like, oh my god, I want to live again. All of
1: my worries have gone away. Literally. Yeah, seasonal depression is seriously a thing Mm -hmm. and it's been so rainy, so cold. So it was pretty overcast the entire time, but so nice being with the fam. We actually went to this fun lunch spot called Uptown Social Club.
0: Okay, interesting.
1: It's so you know Franklin's Barbecue? Yes. It's owned by the same guy who owns Franklin's Barbecue. Oh, no yes. So I think it's like somewhere downtown. They do like a lot of really good like smoked meats and stuff. It was mm. amazing. And then we have, end up going to this place called Kinsei. Um Interesting. And it's on the on Lake Austin. Oh.
0: So lake austin is so pretty lake austin's
1: so pretty and yeah. then we got like a bunch of apps and cocktails so we just had the best time so highly recommend a little trip to austin if you are looking to get out
0: It was uh, a quick trip i feel like by the time i woke up on sunday and checked your location you were like zooming already basically in dallas I was no like, i know. damn,
1: i know it was so funny last time we went to austin i also rode trip with my parents mm-hmm. and my mom we get we Go to a gas station, get some gas. We probably did a Bucky stop. Love it. And we get back in the car and we leave. And my mom's like, oh my God, where's my phone? And we're like 45 minutes outside of the gas station. She's like, where's my phone? I think I left my phone in the gas station. And we're like, mom, I don't know what to do. She could not find it anywhere. We pull over, we look, it's nowhere to be found. We drive all the way back to the gas station that she thought she lost it at. The phone was under the seat under the seat so she's
0: so unplugged it took her 45 minutes to realize that her phone was
1: i don't know like maybe it's just like a universal mom thing no she knew immediately but like we didn't know what to do for the first like 30 minutes of the drive so we just kept going we just kept moving i
0: love that it is a universal mom thing i love my mother but sometimes like every like six months we'll have a little issue like this where it's like in the bottom of her purse and right. we're having like an absolute freak like we're like lighting the house on fire no, like exactly. flipping every bed
1: yes she's like where's my keys yeah where's my sunglasses yeah, yeah, i'm like yeah. you're wearing your sunglasses your keys are in your hand let's yeah,
0: go 100 gotta love moms okay fun trip
1: yeah so fun what about you what did you do this weekend
0: bopped had a pretty chill weekend uh i did watch an oscar nominated movie may december have you heard about this
1: no but you've been watching a lot of oscar-nominated movies recently
0: i watched may december because charles melton is in it and he was in riverdale it was really good uh i sound like a broken record because every episode now i'm like oh my god i didn't know what it was about i thought it was going to be like funny i knew it wasn't going to be funny but may december essentially is a critique on filmmakers and actors and writers about utilizing people's trauma for art and like where's the line right you know when like People like a get,
1: serial killer movie or something? Yeah,
0: and then they just, mm-hmm. like, unearth all the trauma from their, like, just to make the film. And so this followed a uh, actress who was visiting a woman who she was playing in an upcoming movie. And it was just about how, like, she kind of unearthed all the trauma around the situation for the woman and everyone involved. And, like, mm. how... I mean, it doesn't it doesn't say like, oh, is this right or wrong? But it kind of leaves you being like, oh, I don't know. It's interesting to tell true stories, but at what cost?
1: That's really interesting. I feel like this is very relevant because of all the stuff that recently happened with Dahmer.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way. Like if I if I was one of the mothers or fathers of the victims, I'd be like, stop. Like, we don't need to make this.
1: Right, because just like we talked about with our whole um, Gypsy
0: Rose, like Literally. we just end up
1: romanticizing very weird things. Yeah. It's so odd.
0: So this is good. I don't think it was a true story. I'm not going – you're probably – are you going to watch it? Like maybe at some point. I'll tell you what it is. So the trauma okay. was that the woman, when she was 36, she had an affair with a seventh grader, and then they got married.
1: Oh, God. I think I saw maybe a trailer for this, or I saw somebody talking about it on social media.
0: Yeah, it – Was crazy. It was really good, especially if you're into psychology, which I know you are, because it's a lot about like their each of the individuals' childhoods and how does like how do you even do that? I mean, I'm not going to get into that. That's not what this podcast is about. But really interesting. So I would I would honestly I thought it was a good movie. I was surprised at how good it was. Charles Melton did amazing in it. Everyone did amazing in it. Um, go watch May December on Netflix. I'm just
1: curious. Did they date from when they were 12 or however old they were until they were of age?
0: So she got pregnant with him pregnant with twins when he was in seventh grade, then she got arrested. And then by the time she got out of jail, he was 18 and then they got married, but she already had a family and kids. (gasps) Can you imagine? Oh my God. No. (gasps) If I was 36 married and my husband cheated on me with a seventh grader, I actually, there would be no bouncing back for me.
1: No, that's actually crazy. I cannot believe that. I always think about that when you've been married to someone who ends up being like a serial killer or like Ted Bundy. He had like a girlfriend who had no idea he was a serial killer. And like later you find out like how crazy is that to think about?
0: You honestly can be married to someone for years and never truly know. Okay. Not to, like, stress everyone out. But you Let's you just, like, know. end the
1: seg right there because yeah. that's, like, a mic drop right there.
0: Yeah, so um, just keep that in mind, everyone. Anyway, May, December. Watch it.
1: I'm actually really intrigued by this. I would love to go and watch this.
0: I think you would like it.
1: There's a lot of shows that are like this. Obviously not. They always kind of emulate something that's happened for real. Mm-hmm. But typically it's just, like, a, a fictional story. Have you seen the show Teacher?
0: Uh, with oh my god that guy who was in love simon yes Yes. that guy yeah um
1: yes 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 i completely like forgot the connection of that yeah he's He's i love him he's so cute (laughs) cute.
0: (laughs) i had a game night this weekend and the only reason i wanted to mention that was because in 2024 one of my goals is to get more into board games but also Mm -hmm. when was the last time you played uno why did i say that's so weird uno when
1: was the last time i played uno Okay, I played it when I was in Chicago, and it was so fun. I played that one where it's like double-sided Uno, and like sometimes you have to flip the cards and play the other side of the deck. I don't remember what it's called. Oh,
0: I know what you're saying. Which okay,
1: how was it? How was your experience?
0: Um, I just like forgot how long those games go on for.
1: Uno never ends. It was like
0: it's like Monopoly. Like, yeah, that's everyone talks about Monopoly being a long game, but everyone forgets about Uno. Like, Uno
1: is forever, and it's like ruthless.
0: No, literally, because also we played it like probably not how you're supposed to play, where it was kind of. Once someone had one card, we started being like, oh, no, use a skip, like working together against them. Yeah, but like I was so close twice and then I ended up with like the whole deck. Right.
1: That's always how it goes. Yes.
0: More Uno games in my future. And then, you know, Sunday was chill. I had tea, as you know, and it was super cute time. Uh, If anyone wants any tea recommendations, hit me up.
1: Have you ever had a conversation with someone and later you left that conversation and you're like, wow, I just overshared that entire time?
0: Literally every time we record a podcast.
1: Absolutely. I feel like this is not an uncommon thing where people are like, God, like, why did I just overshare yeah. my entire life story to this person?
0: Especially on, like, nights out. Oh, my God. When I meet new people. So there were, like, new people that I met this weekend. And for some reason, I made it a game to be like, I want to tell you, like, every fact about my life that you don't even care about. And then I right. was walking home and I was like, ew.
1: You're like, why did I do that? I don't... Like, like I, they nobody cares. need to cares. know that. <laughs> <Exactly>. No, literally. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's definitely a common thing for some people it's more common than others definitely <laughs> some people are just like keep it a little more close to the belt mm-hmm. close to the chest yeah what is what is the phrase belt or chest i don't know chest i think it's chest i don't i don't think you're keeping it close to the belt no i think it's chest that makes sense obviously it's turned into almost like a social media bit to be like Oh my God, I overshared. When I leave a conversation, I've overshared. And it's like a picture of like a funny cat or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but like, obviously it can be, <laughs> it can be awkward. It can make you feel uncomfortable. And so, you know, I was doing my psychology, my <laughs> psychology research. I feel like you have showed me the money and like all of your business updates. And I feel like my psychology segments have become my recreation. You should
0: put like glasses on when you like do this. Part. No, I really should. Like, and like a, a scarf. Chain, yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: There are some studies that say oversharing can actually be linked to like some sort of um, evolutionary reason. It's like an instinctive reason that we overshare. Isn't that interesting? What
0: What is the instinctive reason? So
1: I had found this article, these two researchers. They have a theory that sharing information was actually a very important part of how our ancestors were able to survive in tribes.
0: Because if you knew more about the person, we're less likely to kill you.
1: Exchanging personal experiences, where to find shelter, where the most abundant food is, could help other members of the tribe. Mm. Social disclosures were also a way to maintain structure in the group and to motivate people to behave and be good team players within your tribe. And you also wanted to have like a good social standing in your tribe. So oversharing was like kind of allowed you to do those things because you're kind of cultivating a personal experience with someone. If you overshare, don't be so hard on yourself because it could just be your instincts that are subconsciously coming through.
0: When I was listening to our Boeing episode back and I called it burnt toast theory, which that is what the internet calls it. One of my big things in life is that we misuse the word theory because a theory is a tested hypothesis. So the reason why I'm asking, are they hypothesizing that? Not, I'm not saying you're saying it wrong. I'm just saying like, did they run a test on that? I don't. And I'm I'm just asking. I'm not trying to be a douchebag about this. I'm literally just being like, and if you don't know, that's fine. Because like, literally, you asked me a bunch of questions on Biz News, and I was like, oh, girl, I have no idea. No, I
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: if I'm like, oh, I bet all of our listeners, I have a hypothesis that all of our listeners are cute. That's then a, if that's we fact, baby, then it would be a theory that everyone who listens to Touche. Is cute. It's a valid question. Yeah, I'm like not even trying to like douchebag you right now. I'm no, just no, wondering. I don't think
1: you are. I'm sure there's a lot of things that are linked to evolution that we kind of make assumptions on. Completely. So I assume it's kind of something similar. It doesn't specify in this article. No, though. but
0: that makes sense because if nobody knows who you are or your past history, what connection do I have to Right. You? Like, also, I, they didn't have, like, pop culture to talk about. Like, what else were they talking about? No, exactly.
1: Like, talk about yourself. Literally. But I, it's probably something, like, maybe they found a note that was written to someone from hundreds of years ago, and it, like, had personal information, and now they're just, like, making assumptions based on that. Yeah. That's what I guess no, is happening here. Um, but it's a very valid question.
0: No, that is really interesting. That also makes sense. That Because I think some people just have, like, an instinct to overshare.
1: Exactly. That's mm-hmm. what's happening. If you do it the right way, it can really cultivate a personal relationship with someone in a really great way. Definitely. um like think about all like like you think about where our friendship started like the when it got like obviously we've always been friends but when we you and I started getting way closer as friends, I feel like it was when we started to divulge like more personal things about each other to each other about ourselves to each other
0: yeah I always think about this and not to relate this whole oversharing topic to myself. But I, interestingly, either bucket people in, I'm going to share stuff about my life with you, or I'm never going to share stuff. Like, there's literally no in-between. Like, either you know almost everything that's going on day to day, or or I'm or you fall into a bucket where I'm telling you my E-True Hollywood story, or I'm like, you're a person that I'm never going to tell. And it doesn't mean that I dislike you as a person. F- for some reason, you're just, like, not someone that I'm sharing personal experiences okay, with. Okay,
1: but I want to know what characteristics. Or, like how you subconsciously bucket those people how is that happening
0: i mean i think i'm talking about like the difference between like my close friends and just like general friends right because like we were talking about this and before we talked about oversharing once again even though both of us have a podcast in general we are not over sharers of like personal information right so it's like i i can like literally pinpoint the first time i overshared with you do you know you know what the first time i overshared with you was right When I was interning on the last day. But I was like, I don't even like know why I told you that. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't go into that conversation being like, oh, I'm going to tell you that. But when I left that conversation, I was like, okay, that's interesting that I told you that. Because I wouldn't tell everyone that.
1: Did you feel like after that you overshared? Or were you just like, oh, formed a more close bond with this person by sharing this information about me? I'm just curious.
0: I felt one, closer, but two, like... Okay, test, because if anyone else finds out about that, then like right. I know I can't trust you. <laughs> oh my gosh, but but nobody did. Nobody did. So
1: confidentiality, baby. Yeah. No, I get that. I feel like also sometimes people, not everybody is like good at making people feel comfortable when they're sharing personal information. You're really good at asking follow-up questions, being genuinely interested in what people have to say. Mm-hmm. so it's probably easier for some people to share with you versus oh, like you. you sharing with other people.
0: Let me know if you feel the same way because I don't want to, like, overshadow this seg. But I get, like, stressed about too many people knowing, like, personal things about my life. Like, deep things.
1: Yeah. No, I get that. I get that.
0: I don't know where that comes from. I mean, I could, we could probably therapize about that and, like, do a whole episode behind a paywall. Right. But um, sometimes I'm, like, sometimes I don't feel oversharing. But sometimes I'm, like, oh, there's, like, too many people who know this situation.
1: And you're worried it's going to, like, negatively affect your life or what?
0: I don't know. I don't know. I think it's probably a control thing.
1: That's interesting. I get that too. No one has to say something about their, their lives that they don't want to have other people know. And then eventually you just are like, holy shit, I feel so awkward.
0: I also think there's a difference because I think the t- the things that we're talking about when it comes to oversharing is conversations with friends in like an intimate setting like, I don't think right. either of us overshare. Like, we would never be in a gr- big group setting. And, s- like, we would say probably, like, something weird. But so true. nothing oversharing. Whereas I know a lot of people who feel extremely comfortable in group conversations. Like, to divulging share the intimate deepest. things about their life. And, honestly, like, majority of the time I'm okay with it. But I'm going to be honest. Like, 25% of the time I'm literally thinking nobody gives a shit about this.
1: No, it's so true. It's so true. I think there's, like, some people I just feel like don't. Maybe it's, like, a lack of, like, a social cue that's happening, like, in that situation where it's, like, a really big group and people are oversharing or people just really are self-absorbed and are, like, everyone cares about what I have to say right now.
0: Yeah. As we have a podcast.
1: No, I know. But we're not out here being, like, we're so... Whatever. We're just like trying to like.
0: We like barely overshare about our lives on the podcast. Although I do leave some episodes and like I tell you to edit that out. Right. Where I'm like, no, that's like too much information. Like I don't want people to know that. Which is fine. Yeah. You
1: don't have to tell anybody anything. If you are an overshare and you are worried that you're oversharing, here are a few things to keep in mind in your next conversation. So first of all, listen more when you talk. I feel like this is something that people lack so much of. They obviously, I'm sure so many people have heard this before when talking about good communication, listen with the intent to understand, not the intent to reply. People a lot of times are just almost waiting for their opportunity to like input their next word. And that's typically when you overshare the most. If you're in a me- business like business meeting, I got some advice, this advice early on in my career And it was so helpful for me. If you're in a meeting and you're kind of like unsure about something or you just feel the need to like input, add your input just to speak, don't. Because people will have so much more respect for you if you leave that meeting having said nothing versus having said something that was kind of stupid. So reel it back in, babes. Also know your environment. Our culture is very casual overall, but a lot of things remain off topic at work which we were literally talking about earlier (laughs) in other environments. So like keep a lot of these like personal gossip things out of the professional environment. Even if you feel like maybe there's like a small intimate group of people at work, try to keep it outside of the work environment.
0: Retweet.
1: Third tip, recognize your audience, the content and type of conversation we have depend on whether we're with close friends we're colleagues in a client meeting, whatever, which is literally what you just said. Like Mm -hmm. when you're in a small intimate group of people, you can maybe overshare more than when you're in a big group. Definitely. Understand who you're talking to. This involves you taking a second and being like, who are these people? What kind of information should I be telling them? What is going to make me feel uncomfortable? I would just like do a little check in with yourself. Yes. Mm-hmm. A couple more. So consider how you feel after a conversation. If you leave the conversation, you're like, holy shit, I overshared. Next time.
0: Don't (laughs) spoken like a true homie.
1: And then my last little tip, which I think is a really I think this is a really good tip with friends, relationships, or whatever. Inquire about others. Like if you're worried you're like an overshare, ask people questions about themselves. (laughs) And I guarantee you, no one will ever think you overshare.
0: Yeah, that's like the best strategy.
1: Yeah. Like if you're on a date, you can never go wrong with like asking your date a question i'm telling you if you an in interview too like i'm telling you people love to talk about themselves mm-hmm. you can give someone a chance to tell you about themselves i swear they will remember you more than anyone else
0: definitely i agree with that i mean you don't have to be as psychotic as i am but on dates i'll like keep mental tallies of how many intense personal stories i've told and if i feel like i haven't gotten reciprocated i'll either ask 20 more questions until they say something or just kind of be like okay we're we're tapped out on my deep personal stories today
1: okay so that's good that's like you being self-aware checking in yeah like i think that's really good
0: but some people are so bad at asking questions like it's crazy
1: i feel like all of my girlfriends who have gone on a date and they had a bad date experience One of like the top three, typically the number one thing that they say went wrong is like the guy did not ask them anything about themselves. I don't think you have to be sitting there being like, where'd you go to school? And like before they can even like get the question out, before you can even get the question out, you're like asking your next question. Like you don't have to be aggressive like that. I
0: I mean, no, I mean, I've gone on so many dates where I'm like, I left it and I'm like, you literally couldn't, you couldn't give like a 10 minute speech on like who I am as a person. Right. I think the best advice for that In general, in dating, is if you're asking follow up questions, do ask a follow up question that's related to the story. Like, use a fun fact that they said. Like, if you were saying, like, let's say you were talking about your Austin trip or something, and you talked about you you mentioned meats, and it was interesting because you like focused on that. I'd be like, oh, are you like maybe you're a foodie or maybe you have a favorite meat, and like, where's the best place like outside of Austin? Like, use something related like that.
1: Right, right, exactly. That's so good because then I'm like, oh, you really cared about what I said. Yeah. You like picked up on that detail about what I said. Right. Also, like, I hate that that's like the detail you got. Sorry, I'm like, <laughs> but no, I also it's so was like. so funny because like that is so something I would fixate <laughs> on is like, oh, there were so many smoked meats at this. I restaurant. think that was like the, something I picked out the most from your Austin <laughs> recap. <that's> so funny. <laughs>
0: the point of this is less like how do you find a connection, but the fact that if you ask a person a question, you just don't have an opportunity to overshare. Right, exactly,
1: <laughs> yeah. exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Case closed, baby. I mean, it's okay to share personal information. If that does happen, like you don't have to beat yourself up over it. We all have done it before. So just be more be more aware next time.
0: I mean it's like honestly really crazy because like when I was six and like told my mom I love you for the first time, we were like coming home from McDonald's and it's weird because I was wearing these like red shorts and I thought, red is my favorite color, but like what else? I've been crowdsourcing our segments. Um, So this is a plug that if you follow the Touche the Podcast on Instagram, you will have a say in what segments are in each of our episodes. Mm -hmm. And the segment that made it in my vote was Baby Girl Men. Not surprising. Not surprising that was one of my segments that popped up. But it's actually great because it's you're seeing a lot online. And you actually, not to call you out, when I sent you... A TikTok recently, you were asking for a little more of the definition of baby girl. I sure was. Do you feel like you have a solid grasp on what, when someone calls a guy like, oh, he's baby girl, do you have an understanding of what that means?
1: No, my perception of it is just a guy who's like kind of a sweet buddy, like kind of nice. Everyone keeps calling Jacob Elordi a baby mm-hmm. girl. So I assume it's because he's just like kind of a gentle giant.
0: Like, I I think the mix is there. I always get a little confused when you say, like, I know what Sweet Buddy means for you. If anyone follows Sunday Scaries Media, so those are the um, Instagram posts that you always see that people repost and they're like, slams laptop shot till Monday. It's over a photo. They have this podcast called Retail Therapy, which is an amazing podcast for men's fashion and trends, so... If you're a man looking for more fashion trends, I highly suggest it. They're really interesting. It's like two dudes from Denver.
1: Oh, wait. That's so interesting. I love that. There's not enough like...
0: Men fashion. Yeah, there's fashion. not enough men
1: fashion and like men lifestyles, men's lifestyle stuff.
0: Completely. So. I think we've been seeing the rise on, and this could be like a whole other seg, on TikTok and Instagram recently about... Men lifestyle influencers because I feel like when we were younger, it was just girls. And I'm like,
1: I feel like society's finally getting to a place where it's like, oh, men can love fashion and like beauty and all these things now.
0: That's so I'm keep that energy because that is exactly what we're gonna be talking about. And what does the rise of the baby girl mean? So they were they were actually talking about this and something I've wanted to talk about for a while, because if you're one chronically online, so I would consider myself um, not in a negative way, but I'm a very online person. Like, I know the memes, I'm like know the jokes, like what's like hot and trending right now, which is not a compliment. Like I'm not being like I'm in fashion. I'm just like I spend too much time. I, I don't use my phone to talk to people. So I'm using my phone right. to. You're just like researching. Yeah. I'm just you were like, like
1: literally the best researcher I've ever met. I'm just life.
0: like trolling and on my phone. Right. Not responding to anyone. <laughs> like,
1: you're scrubbed in. You're scrubbed in.
0: Anyway. So if you are probably above the age of 50, I'm just going to apologize in advance for this segment. You're going to listen to the segment and be like, what is going on? This is.
1: AKR dads. Yeah. I'm Sorry just, dads. Like, <laughs> I'm
0: basically apologizing to my dad. That he's like, why am I listening <laughs> to a segment about what, what do baby girl boys mean? Because that can PGP. mean a lot of things, and it's not what you're thinking. The um, What they really focused on was, this, there was a Vogue article that was written that was what the rise of baby girl men means for fashion. And so I'm not going to steep it in fashion. I'm just going to really explain and have us talk about it. Understanding that fa- men's fashion does affect who a baby girl is, is an important note. Okay. So let's first talk about who are the baby girls of the internet right now. Starting with Saltburn, Barry Kion, and Jacob Lordy. Jacob Lordy is the baby girl right now. Harris Dickinson from The Iron Claw, Harry Styles, Oscar Isaacs. Um, I didn't watch Succession, but Kendall Roy has been called a baby girl. Lewis Hamilton, who's a race car driver, has been called a baby girl. Timothy Chalamet gives baby girl energy. Pedro Pascal gives baby these girl are all energy. so
1: accurate i still like don't fully understand the definition but, but you, i just know that these know. are baby girls <laughs> right these are
0: baby girls so 2023 i think we could solidify that 2023 was the year of baby girl like that mm-hmm. was when we started hearing it like that's when it became training it came in our vernacular it dominated social media platforms especially if you're on tiktok and twitter like that is where baby girl is baby girl is a designation that's given out when we find someone who's hot but also interesting right mm-hmm. so there's a lot of like Okay, the best opposition to Baby Girl I have is, like, do you know who Nick Bosa is on the 49ers? I think I've sent you him before.
1: Oh, he did the Skims. Ad. Yes. Of course I know.
0: He's he's not Baby Girl. He, he's just, he's just like, kind of, like, a massive muscle. Right. Just dressed as, like, a dude. And yeah. Like, he's just hot.
1: Travis like, Kelsey, not a Baby Girl.
0: Travis Kelsey is not a Baby Girl. I mean, yeah.
1: Actually, maybe he is.
0: I think he could be on the ranks to Baby Girl, but he just also is, like, kind of giving, like, He's not gentle giant. I think you explain that. And you do have to be gentle because the biggest thing that kicked off baby girl was Jacob Lordy. Like he sits on chairs like he's five two. So true. I'm like, yours like six five, dude. And he's like crisscross applesauce, like like just like chumming up next to you. And it's like that's baby girl energy.
1: How many times can we see baby girl? Take a dude, shot.
0: <laughs> every time. Okay, you know
1: who else is? Who? Um, Milo, I can't ever say his last name. Jack from This Is Us, the Dad.
0: Oh, but he, but he, is, he is. He's he is. such baby girl. Yes. He was also mentioned in baby girl. So it's interesting because this article talked a lot about how the way that all of these guys dress too and their interest in street style is very much affecting baby girl energy. So I don't know if it's that individuals who have this personality just happen to be very into street style or it's like both. But, like, once again, Jacob Lordi is known for his street style mm-hmm. and his high interest in bags. Like, if anyone knows about Jacob Lorty, like, his bag collection is insane. Like, he is with, like, a new Bottega every month, like, a Loewe. Like, he is just, like, breaking out the cutest bags. He loves totes. Yes. He is such a tote boy. <laughs> and I'm, like, trying to figure out how to explain this because this is crucial is the way they dress not historically masculine, but it's not effeminate. Do you know what I'm saying? Like Jacob Lordy does not, like he bends the rules when it comes to gender rules, but it's not, if you are like thinking historical, like, oh, so then he dresses like a girl. No,
1: no, he, his, his clothing is very gender neutral. It's kind, it ha- almost has this kind of like Gen Z look where it's mm-hmm. very baggy. Yeah. Very much streetwear. Like you Can- and him
0: could wear the same outfit.
1: Exactly. And I'm pretty sure sometimes we do. Yes. And, Maybe I need to reevaluate, but like Harry Styles is a little different because he like straight up wears women's clothing and he's like, I'm trying to, he's like, why do I only have to wear men's clothing? I can wear women's clothing too.
0: Yeah. That's why it's like hard because this article for me is stemmed in the fashion sense where I'm like, Harry Styles is a baby girl in his energy, but he, I I don't think Harry Styles dresses like a baby girl because he is like, I can wear women's clothing and that doesn't count
1: right okay that's that's not baby girl energy let the record show
0: right what the uh journalist is saying is that we've eliminated in some senses the idea that to take an interest in fashion somehow makes you effeminate or gay or that says something about who you are as a person so that like gen z is making it cool for guys to be into fashion but not in like a your Working with Miranda Priestley. I forget what it's like Stanley Tucci's character. When you think of a guy who's into fashion, mm-hmm. historically, you're thinking Stanley Tucci's character in The Devil Wears Product. Right. Like, that's, that's the so energy that they have to bring.
1: Accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But the new baby girl energy is that you are dressed in cute streetwear every time you go out. At the red carpet, you're not just wearing like a tux. Like, you're actually accessorizing and you're interested in the clothes you're bringing it's interesting because vogue takes it as a shift in culture that they're saying i don't know if i necessarily agree with this but that clothing is right now taking a big shift towards gender neutral but it's Mm -hmm. it's not in the way that like the older generation thinks of gender neutral it's everyone is kind of wearing the same thing i don't know it's a hard discussion to have without like photos but do you know what i'm saying like you have regular hetero cis men open to the idea of carrying a handbag. Like the rose, the rose margot bag mm-hmm. is m- a woman's handbag, but is seventy percent purchased by men. Right. Yeah. That's. I mean, now we're kind of like shifting it from like a baby girl energy to uh, like fashion trends for men. It's a sense that all of these baby girls are wearing like
1: it also kind of like stem with like the fanny pack trends. Yes. I feel like when men started wearing fanny packs reemerged
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then women started wearing them cross bodies. Yeah. And then men are wearing them cross bodies and then it transforms into like the row kind of like saddle-y duffel bag. Um, yeah. and all of a sudden it's like now Jacob Lorty's wearing, like, a Louis Vuitton.
0: It's actually really interesting because I worked at Lululemon when they released the um, crossbody bags.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Or the... I, f- how, I forget the, what they're The, like, called.
1: fannies. That yeah. go
0: And there was, like, the first six months where it was just girls and gay men who would buy them. And then by the end when I was working there, we made some shift where there was a bunch of, like, straight dudes who were just buying them. And we physically moved where they were in the store because they were on the f- on the women's side. Right. Um, and that's kind of the shift that I'm talking about.
1: That's so interesting. So, like, what happened in the ether
0: exactly that caused
1: that shift?
0: So, I honestly, like, want to believe because our culture is so shifted around, like, fe- celebrities. Mm-hmm. And that's what this article is trying to get, that, like, we all of a sudden, our main leading men right now are all baby girls. And it's right. made individuals more comfortable with like accessorizing and
1: the perfect example of this is like Jeremy Allen white. He gives this very, a masculine mm-hmm. energy, but then with the golden globes, he's wearing like a sheer button down, like a suit, but like sheer underneath, like looking absolutely amazing, bringing in new elements, new textures to men's fashion. Yes. That, like you don't typically see. Yeah. I was like, I love that. Like he's expressing himself in that way. Because, like, the characters he plays, that's mm-hmm. what I mean. Like, the characters he plays tend to be more rugged and have more masculine energy.
0: No, I. that's exact. that is exactly what I'm trying to get at. Is because, like, for those who, like, I mean, everyone knows Jacob already, but for maybe those who don't or don't know these, like, baby girls that we're talking about, they're very masculine, athletic, sporty, like, traditional masculine men. They are all traditional right. masculine men who are not following, who are, not following
1: these like societal gender norms right fashion norms it's it's, It's fashion it's
0: really fashion because like out of fashion i wouldn't say they're doing anything like right i I don't know enough
1: about what they're doing
0: but like that's the whole point is that the baby girl um trend is really rooted in the fashion choices that all these individuals are making and that on red carpets we're going to start seeing more men take more risks which like will be really interesting at the met gala because i feel like traditionally men don't dress for the theme at the Met Gala they just wear like tuxes exactly and that's the thing like you're at a theme party dress up
1: we should do like a tally of how many
0: times I said baby girl
1: yeah that'd actually be kind of funny
0: yeah that was interesting do you feel like you know
1: this actually helps significantly okay I we don't have to keep going on this but no
0: if you have more thoughts
1: fashion is the way that I like that's how I express myself and so Mm. whenever I like hate when people rag on other people's fashion choices but like these guys that are like using bags bags and however else they're dressing, really baggy jeans, like mesh, sheer, mm. new textures, new styles. I think it's great.
0: We we've talked about this before, how we hate because when you make like a pivot in your fashion choice and you add like a new accessory that you've never worn before or you take like a little bit of a risk, one, you're like freaking out. You're right. like throwing up, pacing around but I hate when you do it, and people are like, "Whoa, what are you?" I'm like, "Shut the f- up!" <laughs> like, I, I'm like, okay, now I'm gonna. I hate like this is so little, but obviously I've been like pivoting towards wearing hats more. Right. But when people are like, "Oh, like that's so weird," like you don't wear hats, I'm like, okay,
1: I'm like, it's a free don't country, put me in a bitch. box.
0: <laughs> people should be able to make whatever fashion choice. I mean, obviously, like let's be appropriate. Have you seen the? Did you see the AI stuff about Taylor Swift? Do you know, I have any idea what I'm talking about? No. You cannot search Taylor Swift on Twitter anymore because they, some user created sexually explicit photos of Taylor Swift using AI. They were crazy. When we're off pod and off this, I will tell you what they are, but like, it was crazy. Like it was- So we're
1: sure it's AI.
0: That was not a photo. You can't, like she took it down. Her team took it down. But so- Somebody
1: got a screenshot, right?
0: no because it's an elite like she you didn't hear about she literally got the government involved in the government how has, do i
1: miss these things i'm so confused
0: where did you learn about this it, it was the biggest news thing i i just like you just like read the news okay, like, well, we get well, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway okay digitally manipulated images of celebrities are nothing new on the internet and have been circulating online since the since like Photoshop, right? So people right. have been doing this forever, but the rise in mainstream AI software has heightened concerns due to its ability to create convincingly real and damaging images. So as we were just talking, th- the latest one is the Taylor Swift images, which were insane. And she got her whole team involved, but also I mean, this happens to everyday people in November, a 14 year old New Jersey high school student called on school and government officials to take action after she said photos of her and more than 30 female classmates were manipulated and possibly shared publicly. So like teenagers are like using AI to create sexually explicit photos of their classmates and share them with each other.
1: That is insane.
0: So nine U.S. states currently have laws against the creation or sharing this kind of non-consensual photos. But, like, I think the government right now is at a point where AI is becoming so big. What do we do, right? Like, there has to be some level of legislation or else it's going to go crazy. Like, it could even get worse. I mean, a lot of people are talking about how the presidential election is coming up and how you can use AI to manipulate both sides because you can just, like, make up fake things. Right. Which could sway elections. And, of course, like, that's one bit. Pornography is another bit. And, like, I mean, just the ability to manipulate is stressful. And, like, you've seen the test where the majority of people, like, online in the country cannot tell the difference between, like, AI versus real.
1: No, it's crazy. I mean, this is what Elon was afraid of.
0: I'm pro-technology, and I was never really stressed about it until I saw the Taylor Swift images and I was like, oh, crap, because I just I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I am not sitting around here being like, oh, with AI, I'm going to create these intense sexual images of people like that's no. Like, you literally
1: also don't think I'm going to like murder 30 people, too. It, There's exactly. just like some bad eggs in society.
0: So it's like, what do you do?
1: No, I don't know. I mean, there has to be some level of regulation around these things. Like, I don't know how we've let it get to the point where there isn't exactly so
0: i think this is kind of the straw that the government is now meeting and understanding what level of legislation and of course i'm always for there should be legislation but i think it's a tricky thing of what is the right level right we don't want to legislate too much where i know we
1: we're free we're free democracy here ban
0: like, ai completely right
1: because AI used in the right way, it can be an incredibly helpful tool. Yes. That's why companies like OpenAI,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think, are really interesting and beneficial. I know there was a lot of drama with Elon stepping down, Sam stepping down or getting fired, whatever happened. Yeah. But they encourage people who are utilizing their services and their platform, like ChatGPT and these like web developers, to release their lines of code that they're utilizing and like what they're creating and like re- to the public for free, which is like the whole point of what they do. They're like everything that you're doing in AI, like release it to the public for free. That's like AI, like that's one of Elon's biggest points of view on AI. More visibility like that could actually help this maybe not be something that it sh- shouldn't turn into.
0: Dude, do you think there should be like parameters of being like, this is inappropriate?
1: hundred percent. That's yeah. what I was saying earlier. Like there has to be some sort of regulation you can't just like have people creating racy, obscure, inappropriate nude photos of people who are underage and releasing it. Like, that's messed oh my God, up I'm, or overage. Yeah. Um.
0: Damn, I didn't even think about the underage thing. The
1: bad people are ruining it for people who are using it for good.
0: No, agreed. I think just like all of the sexual stuff should be banned. And I'm not. I, no, I that's, agree. That's what I'm standing on.
1: No, I totally agree. I think none of that should be there. Anything that like. Is something that sexualizes someone else without their consent. Yeah. If you're like wanting to create naked AI photos of yourself and you're releasing them, that's your prerogative. But you should not be able to do anything about someone else without their consent.
0: Whoa, I like didn't even think about doing that for me. Like David (laughs) Adler with abs.
1: (laughs) Wait, that's like my catfishing. Yeah, like way worse. One hundred percent. Because the first thing I'm doing is giving myself
0: abs. No one like. Yeah, that's crazy.
1: If a photo of you gets leaked, that's not AI. Mm -hmm. Could you just say it was AI? Like, say you share an explicit photo with a partner. I
0: I don't think AI is like, like, I think we would be able to tell that that's real. I don't think... Most people on the
1: internet can't with
0: the naked eye. No, I would.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But my point of view on this is more open communication about what's being created. More regulation around it so you're not releasing things without people's consent. And, um, yeah, I would say those are my two main points.
0: My thoughts are on it is, okay, so I, this is like probably like not a fully thought out thought, um, which is probably good why I'm like saying it on a recording, saying it on live streams. Cause that's, that's good, right? Like I should, things that aren't thought out, I should say out loud. No,
1: hundred percent. That's what the internet's for.
0: Exactly. Um, but I feel one, we should prioritize understanding what we want AI regulation to be. And maybe we pull it back from the public for a hot second, get together and be like, what do we want to do? And then re-release with those parameters. Mm-hmm.
1: Let's regroup people.
0: Because I feel like everyone's just going to procrastinate it. Like everyone's nervous about it now. And then there's going to be a couple of weeks and nothing's going to happen. Because a lot of the pushback was that, okay, of course, this happened to a celebrity and everyone's scrambling, but it's happening to regular people every day. I feel like maybe we just pull back until, because we've proven that we can't handle it. It's like when little kids like start like the cl- kindergarten class, like, okay, you guys can't handle like movies. So it's like, our classes you guys have shown me that you can't handle this. So until we all get green stars for seven days, no more movies. I feel bad because Taylor Swift was like really upset, but I also feel like really bad for everyone who deals with it every day. It's- no, it's so terrible. if You've been affected by AI, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's been genuine. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Just- <laughs> Why are you laughing?
1: Please raise your hand if you've been personally victimized <laughs> by AI. Is that what I
0: sounded like? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
1: <sighs> we could not go just a couple episodes without mentioning Taylor Swift. That's what I'm getting from this. Well, that's the app. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We appreciate you listening every single week. Make sure you're following us on your streaming platform of choice so you can be notified every time an episode drops. Make sure you're following us on all social media platforms. Are you giggling over there? I
0: was like, do you want to see like, how long you would go <laughs> if I was like, if I could make it the whole way in the outro without saying anything? I was like, you got it, girl.
1: No, I would go the whole time.
0: Please follow our TikTok. I know I've said it twice now. share um, the podcast, TikTok, follow it.
1: Make sure you're following us on Instagram. Send us an email, rate us five stars.
0: Me and my little Bottega are going to leave this popsicle sand
1: okay you
0: know what's like so sad is the bags look so small on him and on me it would just look massive
1: yeah it would be like a duffel bag on you and to him it's like a little (laughs) like i'm gonna go try not to overshare see you guys next week